I understand the history of it, and, and you know, it's it's what I'm used to. It's what you know the players nowadays are used to. So, but yeah, if they if they decide to go with two out of three, then um, I would understand probably if they'd be from the fan standpoint that it would make it you know more exciting, and um, obviously the pressure and everything would would build up you know pretty quick, knowing that you only have you know a couple steps to to try to win. Hey everyone, John Wertheim here. Hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. It is the Sports Illustrated Tennis Podcast. Our guest this week is Jack Sock, the second-ranked American. He's up to number 23. And we talk a bit about the state of his career, where he sees himself going in 2017, highs and lows from this past year, and also what it means when your career is suddenly likely to take you into your mid-30s, how that might or might not change your mentality. So he joins us from Kansas City. Always a pleasure talking to him. Here is Jacques Sock. How are you? Hey, how are you doing? Hey, good. good. So I was, I was just looking. Your your ranking beats your age. So <laughs> so that's good. You're da- down to 23, uh, 24 years old. You look back, how did your, uh, how'd your 2016 go in your estimation? I thought it was – I thought it was big steps forward. Um I mean, ranking wise, maybe not, you know, maybe didn't finish where I, where I wanted to be. Um, considering I started the year after Auckland, my first term, and I think I hit a, a career high at career high at 22. And so, um, you know, after the first week of the year, I had, you know, I had, um, you know, goals to, to maybe crack top 15 and, and, um, and move up. But, um, you know, I was happy, definitely happy with the, Definitely happy with the way I played, you know, mostly throughout the year. I thought I made a lot of strides um, on and off the court, which I'm happy with. I thought I matured in a lot of ways um, that, that helped me out there. So, um, overall, I thought it was, it was definitely more consistent year, which is what I was looking for. I was playing deeper into draws um, more frequently throughout the year. So, um, that was big for me. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, I thought overall it was a very productive year for sure. One, one highlight, I mean, you, you've had uh... – you had some no titles, but some awful nice runs and events and some nice wins. Was there one match or one moment maybe that isn't obvious that that sticks out to you? Um, yeah, I mean, there's I mean, there's a lot of good moments for sure. Um, I mean, I mean, I could probably point out a couple. I mean, after uh, after what happened last year in New York, uh, obviously it was very unfortunate. Um, so for me, going back into this year, obviously I had some. I had some doubts and worries in my head. Uh, pretty, I would say, pretty understandably after after last year. But so for me to to go out and play a five setter in the first round and get the win, and then play some great tennis the next few rounds and and make the fourth round for the first time for me uh, at the at my home slam was was uh, was nice for me and, and a kind of a confidence booster uh, for the years to come there after what happened. Um, you're you're talking then, you're talking about the 2015. U.S. Open when you, yeah. you had a bit of a bit of a health scare. Yeah, and uh, and then I mean I would say, I would say the fall the fall was really big for me um, in a lot of ways. I mean I didn't I didn't win I didn't win Stockholm um, and I and I I didn't come away with any singles titles. But um, it is it's a kind of gruesome traveling schedule when you're in Asia and you fly over to fly over to Europe and uh, you know some guys that you know that time of year. 
some guys can, you know, maybe maybe be a little tired, maybe be a little, a little worn out. It's a long season for sure. Um, but so for me, I think the fall was the fall was big, um, where I was able to kind of just put my head down and keep playing. And you know, I've, John and I, John and I won Shanghai doubles, and then I fly over to Stockholm and basically have basically have no days off the, the whole fall. Um, yet still can play a lot of matches and produce good results. So for me, that was a big step, you know, forward. Kind of just putting everything aside and, and getting out on court and whether you're sore or tired or, uh, you know, it's been a long year, but for me just to, to keep plugging along and, and get the wins. You, you mentioned playing alongside John. I, I was looking, you, I think your last six events, you had six different doubles partners. Um, yeah. You're playing the field. You're, uh, you're, 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 it's like you're on Tinder. What, what's it's like doubles Tinder. What's, um, what, what's the status of your doubles game? I mean, obviously you had a very successful run with with Vasek that's that's no longer are you are you looking to play x number of events uh, doubles and singles or is it just sort of what do i feel like that week what's what's the yeah. status of your doubles yeah it's 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 no more slams for sure um that's that's a that's a definite but outside of that it's just yeah wherever where it fits in the schedule, wherever I, I kind of feel like playing, and um, and uh, I'll probably play with you know play with a good friend or with a buddy. Um, at this point, I, I don't want to. I'm not going to do the consistent double schedule like I did with with Vashik. Um Obviously, when I was when we were playing together, we had a goal to, to try to make London, and we and we missed it by one spot two years in a row. And, um, and uh, so yeah, so at this point, obviously, singles is my focus and my priority, and I. I think I can, you know, get to that elite level in singles. So, you know, all my energy and focus has to be into that. But I do enjoy playing doubles, and there's some weeks that's for it's 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 something I can uh, I can play for sure, and and um, you know fits well in the schedule. So, um, yeah, so I'll, I'll pick and choose the weeks that I want to play throughout the year, and and um, yeah, whether I play with somebody a few times or, or play with somebody different every week, it's just to go out and and, and help you know fine tune the game a little bit and. Uh, and enjoy being out there. What, what do you mean by elite level? I mean, what's uh, what, where, where do you see yourself going in singles? I mean, what's sort of uh, what's what's going to define success? I mean, yeah, I mean, my goals, you know, for for the longest time have been to uh, to compete to win slams. Um, you know, to be there on that weekend, trying to trying to hold the trophy up, and um, you know, getting that that top that top ranking spot and um. Yeah, you know, I've shown you know I've shown flashes of tennis for sure where I where I've been there with at that level with those guys, but it's just you know producing it on a consistent basis and um, you know I I think you know every every year you know every year that it helps with the experience and uh, the maturity and I mean obviously you see the guys winning winning those those big tournaments now they're all you know twenty eight to to thirty two thirty three and um, not that I couldn't do it, you know, sooner, but um, but I think, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's my own goal is to is to be, you know, one of the top players in the world and, and to be winning slams and competing to win slams. What's more of a motivation? Um, sort sort of, uh, I'm thinking it's almost it's almost like a corporate environment where it's where it's up versus down. Is it more sort of you know overtake John Isner to be the top American to challenge some of the the 29 year old, 30 year olds that you were mentioning, or or are you also motivated by keeping some of the kids down and uh you know hey hey taylor fritz not so fast what what um i'm thinking this like in a corporate in a corporate ladder kind of way what what's more of a motivation for you getting to that next level or sort of keeping the kids in line um 
I mean, I think it's a it's a it's a blend of of, of all of it. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's got to be um, you know getting to that next level. Obviously, you can control what you can control, and and that's and that's for me. You know, producing good tennis on my end, and and moving my ranking up, and and trying to win more tournaments, and um, you know, if the if the younger guys below me, you know, can can play well enough, and 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 they can produce the results, then you know they deserve to to be up there as well. But um, you know, at the end of the day, tennis—I mean, tennis is an individual sports, and and you got to go out and and you know focus on your focus on yourself, and and, can, and like I said, control you control, and and uh, for me, that'll be you know hopefully this next year making a big push and and uh, trying to make strides to get into that to that next uh, you know level of level of uh, ranking and, and players. If you ask a casual fan, you know, give, give me your Jack Sock moment from 2016, I, I suspect a lot of them would remember the the point you basically played with Leighton Hewitt in in, uh, in Australia where you, you encouraged him to challenge challenge a call. And there was another moment that I think fewer people saw where you just flat, flat conceded a point to Gasquet in, in Paris. And I think the chair umpire even said, you know, thanks to sportsmanship by Mr. Sock, he concedes the point, thirty fifteen. Um, are th- are those moments spontaneous? Is that something in the back of your head? You say, you know what? If it's a close call, it's worth it to me in the long run to just give up the point. What goes through your head? I mean, we saw this with Samichek and against Nadal in Australia a few years ago. Andy Roddick had a moment like that that people still remember ten years down the road. When you see something like that, is that a conscious decision? Is it instinct? I mean, what's the process when we see these points being conceded? Yeah, I- it's it's most definitely an instinct. I I don't I don't really like plan to to go out and and if it's a close call, I'll give it to them. Um, I yeah I don't I don't really know. I just I at the end of the day I I mean in tennis calls definitely go both ways. You know I'll I'll get a lot in my favor that may not be right throughout the year, and I'll have some against me you know throughout the year that that may not be right. But um, I don't know at those two moments this year I just I just. Yeah, I just thought it was, I thought it was the right thing to do and and um you know the 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 ATP is you know it's a pretty close knit you know group of guys and everyone's everyone's pretty close and knows each other well and um you know it's uh even throughout a match you know call, calls will go both ways and um at those point at those times in those matches I I just thought you know it's probably the right thing to do did you see that announcement a couple days ago about this twenty-one and under event in uh, in Milan? Did you catch that? I've heard about it. heard about it. So it, it looks like next year they're going to have an event for I think it's the top seven players twenty-one and under. So you you know you can get Taylor Fritz, you get Zverev in there, and then I think there's one Italian wild card. But to me, bar- buried in this release, what was even more interesting to me was that this is not going to be. I mean, the ATP is sanctioning this, but it's not going to be a regular event. It's going to be some sort of innovative scoring format and i don't know if that means tie break sets or i don't know if that means game sets it didn't, it didn't say on the release but clearly this is a, an atp event where they're going to experiment with some new scoring do you, do you think we're getting close to a, a day or a point where we're going to reconsider six game sets and, and best of five at majors i mean are, are you sensing that as a player that things are changing from a format standpoint um i mean i haven't it hasn't been talked about, you know, too much. So I wouldn't, I, I, I don't, I don't really know. I guess that's that's, um, you know, the player council obviously has those meetings throughout the year, and 
um, you know, they, they discuss those things, but, um, as a, yeah, as a player, I haven't, there hasn't been too much discussion about it. Um, only either rumors or just, um, you know, it being brought up real quick, but, uh, I, I don't know. It's tough obviously, cause that's, you know, it's been tradition for a while now and, and, um, you know, tennis definitely likes to keep its, its traditions and history and, um, but I, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, I think it, it, it possibly come down to, you know, how it is, how it is for TV and, and fans and everything they go. Um, you, know, you have those fans for sure that, that say they love going and sitting and watching a five setter. Um, you know, they think it's, you know, they're on the edge of the seat and, uh, it's exciting. And then you have those fans that, that say, you know, it, it's, it's too long and, I don't want to go sit out, you know, in New York, you know, a fan could be sitting out in the heat for four hours, four and a half hours and, um, you know, having to watch a match and, um, and then you can get, you know, on the, on the flip side an exciting, um, you know, women's or doubles match at two or three sets and people can say, you know, I wish the men's was like that. It can make it a little more exciting than, than instead of so drawn out. But, um, so I can see it going both ways and, and, um, so, but I don't know. I don't. I don't know how how soon that could actually happen. You you could go either way on that one. It sounds like. Yeah, I mean, I understand the history of it, and and you know, it's it's what I'm used to. It's what you know the players nowadays are used to. So, um, but yeah, if they if they decide to go with two out of three, then um, I would understand probably it'd be from the fan standpoint that it would make it you know more exciting and. Um, obviously the pressure and everything would, would build up, you know, pretty quick knowing that you only have, you know, a couple steps to, to try to win. What's your off season like? I mean, pl- players all the time sort of talk about, I, I can't wait till November and December and I'm going to, you know, work on things. But, it, but I, I was talking about this with, um, I can't remember, I think with Allie Risk and we were saying that, uh, for as often as players talk about the off season, it doesn't seem as though the average fan knows what a player does. Are you are you sitting by the pool and just getting your body right? Are you working on your game? What's uh, what are these eight weeks like for you? Uh, well, yeah, everyone's different for sure. Uh, everyone kind of makes their off season. You know, they 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 schedule it for their their best needs and how they can get prepared the best for the next year. But um, and I'm doing it a little bit different this year. Actually, uh, usually, you know, you finish. Paris or whatever your last tournament is for me, it's Paris. Um, and in the past years, you know, I've just taken two weeks off, two, two and a half weeks, kind of through Thanksgiving and, um, you know, may do a little bit to, to keep sweating, obviously, and not just not lose it all. And because uh, you build, obviously, a good base uh, physically, you know, throughout the year and um, you build it up and, and, and get the strength and everything um, to play throughout the year. And, so this year I didn't I didn't want to have to kind of start all over because you take those two two three two three weeks off you know you you can lose muscle and you can lose the base a little bit and then you're kind of starting from scratch again when you start up your off season training. Um, so this year you know is is um, it was kind of hard to hear when when I was talking to my team about it but you know you finished Paris and um, after a long for me especially after a long fall I you know I played the 33 matches in 33 days and. Uh, I was like, oh, I want, I just need a break right now and, and off the court and, and out of the gym. I just want to rest and get the body right. Um, but I only, I basically had, I had a week off after Paris and then uh, I was in Orlando, Florida this last week um, doing some off court training uh, in the sand and, and in the gym, uh, lifting and everything just to keep my base. And I think that's really going to help 
um, throughout this offseason, not having to, you know, start over in a few weeks. Um, so I did, I did one week off right after Paris and, and then a week of training, uh, in Orlando and then, uh, back home, obviously for the holidays and with my friends and family. And then, uh, right after Thanksgiving, I'll start up the, um, the kind of two days and, and, uh, the, the, uh, the off season training that, you know, I'm used to, you get on the court for a few hours and you get in the gym, um, every day as well, you know, doing the fitness side of it and, uh, I'm going to do that until the beginning of December, and then it, I'm going to break it up this year, and I'm going to go on a on a vacation for five days in December uh, with some friends, and then um, and then after that, you know, finish up the last the last three three and a half four weeks um, um, doing the the two day fitnesses again before I leave for Australia. So you'll you'll do uh, morning on the court, afternoon in the gym kind of thing. Yeah, we'll usually put in. Um, definitely a few hours on the court in the morning. Um, and then yeah, get, get some lunch and then, um, usually, and then whatever the gym is that day, whether it's the track or, um, on court, you know, agility stuff or in the gym doing lifts and all that. So I'm asking you this, not as a, uh, as a top 25 player, but as a sports fan, if you're, if you're calling into Kansas city sports talk radio as, as a fan and an observer, what what happened in men's tennis over the last six months? I mean, how how do you explain this uh, this change at the top? I mean, it's a you know it's a very very motivated Murray. You know for sure he he I think obviously his goal his whole life has been to to reach number one, and um, you could really see it this year. And and um, his push this fall is his um, his will and motivation to want to get to that number one spot and. Um, I mean, I think tennis-wise, he's playing, he's playing the best tennis right now. He's you know he's virtually unstoppable, um, as you can see by the results and and everything. He, he's playing you know incredible tennis, and um, obviously Novak's been there for so long now and and, and dominated you know in a lot of ways. And um, so yeah, I mean, what, you know, what, what do you make of Djokovic? I mean, what what's kind of the the scuttlebutt among you guys? Like if if somebody, what's up with him? I mean, is this he he won the French, and this was this overarching goal that he achieved. And then there was this inevitable letdown. Is it just? Is it the head? Is it change of? You know, you you've been following. Does he need a Charlie Strong? Does he need to make a coaching change? I mean, what 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 do you make of that? Um, I think uh, no, I think I mean, you know, he's, he's like I say, he's dominated for so long, and 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 you know, been so healthy throughout it, which is incredible. And I think he maybe had a few, you know, nicks and, and, you know, minor injuries this year, like towards the end of the year. And, um, you know, when you're playing, when you're playing at the top of the game, um, you know, you gotta be you know, close to a hundred percent to, to be able to beat those guys, you know, on a consistent basis. So, uh, whether it's that or, or, um, yeah, you never know how, you know, how he's feeling with his game. Um, but I think I think at the end of the day, honestly, I think it was just no, or, uh, Murray, you know, just ramping it up a level and, and, and playing, you know, that a little bit better tennis and, and um, over the course of the matches against those guys. And, um, you know, as you can see, he was, you know, he was beating people, you know, pretty straightforward, a lot of straight sets wins against a lot of very good players. And, and um, so, yeah, I think at the end of the day, it was Murray just, you know, taking it up a, another notch and, and um, getting to that number one spot. When you were playing this fall, especially when you you were outside the U.S. after the Open, how much did Donald Trump's name come up? I mean, I feel like this was like the workplace conversation, not just in the U.S., but 
all over the world. And did did this get discussed? Did, did players from other countries say what's what's the story here? Well, who is this guy? I mean, how much did presidential politics come up in the locker room? A decent amount. Um, yeah, you have a few you have a few Americans that that love to talk politics and like John and 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 Harrison, a few guys, but. Um, yeah, the the you know the the non-Americans in the locker room lo- love to talk about it, and and they uh, no, as I think every, I think everyone in the U.S. you know they they made it seem like it might be a landslide for for Hillary. Um, so I don't know how many people expected you know Trump to win, but um, yeah, it was you know a lot a lot of jokes definitely from from the other guys you know about Trump you know maybe winning and um, but. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much you know. I don't know how much knowledge they actually have about those people, but um, they just you know they see Donald Trump as you know how he's you know how he he's a you know businessman and, and how he's been his whole life and um, and and they would you know they would definitely like to to come in and and not not joke or make fun of, but you know just surprise that that um, you know he could possibly be the president. Um, but yeah, as we all know, he he ended up winning and. So I'm sure we'll 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 hear some stuff from them, you know, starting this next season. I was thinking too. Did did you have a chance to get back to the uh, to the great heartland of our country uh, this fall? To the great heart. Uh, were, were you in Kansas City? No, because I, I I was telling someone else. I said, I you know I was in Indiana and I was in South Florida, and I said, you know, you leave New York where you were for the Open, and and you realize that this was this race was going to be a lot closer than you might think uh li- living in manhattan I-, I wonder if you did did you get home to kansas city in in october and and get a sense of the political climate no i was i was uh i had the i had the long stretch i was be- i had beijing through paris so i left i left uh right after my birthday in september and and was gone you know for uh month. i was gone all of october and then beginning of november and, until i got back here after paris so we were following, you know, as best we could over there, um, keeping up with the news, you know, when we could. But um, I don't know, when we were over there, it just sounded like, you know, Hillary would be, you know, a, a definite win. And then uh, uh, I got back, you know, from Paris and, um, you know, was able to, to follow the uh, the actual election and, and race, you know, at home. But, um, yeah, so I wasn't back in, in October for it. So, so someone asked me, they said, bigger, bigger upset. Vavrinka winning the U.S. Open or Hillary? I said not, not even close. Um, what? Um, you, you're you're a sports fan. You're uh, your your Chiefs. What are what are, what are they? They won six seven. Jamie, our producer, can look it up. What are, what are they? They had a rough game on Sunday, but what? They're what are they? Seven and three. They had a seven and three this weekend. When you watch when you watch games, how much of this is just? It's enjoyment. You're a fan, and how much of it are you seeing other professional athletes? I mean, are, are there things you take away from watching sports that you can internalize or apply to your career, or is this just something I do to get away from my job, like the rest of us? And it's a it's a fun way to spend a Sunday. Um, I would say majority of that. You know, I just I love to watch, and um, I love to be a spectator. Um, you know, either if I'm at, if I'm at a you know at an event or at a game. Uh, or I'm, you know, sitting on the couch at home watching. Uh, I, I just I genuinely enjoy watching uh, watching sports. Uh, but then there definitely is a side of it, you know, um, you know, being an athlete as well. And um, I don't know if it's it's. Uh, I mean, I do take things away. I think it's more 
um, the respect and the appreciation you know I have for the guys going out. Obviously, I don't I don't play those sports, and I don't know you know exactly how it is out there. But um, you know, I know what I go through in the in the effort, and energy, and um, you know the work I put in you know for my sport. So I think it's more you know appreciating you know when I'm watching on TV or or, or out there you know watching in the stands. I think it's uh, um, it's yeah it's it's a respect for for those players knowing probably what they put in and and uh, how much they want it. You know how knowing how much I want to win on court and and uh, and I want to do well. Um, you know, watching those guys, you know, at, at their highest level, it's it's uh, it's fun to watch. How how has the expansion of the tennis career? I mean, when you when you were a kid, um, you know, Pete, Pete Sampras, thirty years old, and that's that's the sell by date, and it it seems as though that has obviously expanded deep into mid thirties right now. You just look at the rankings, or you you look at a guy like like Federer, but it, you know, Karlovich, you can you can go down the list. How has that changed how you perceive your career? I mean, do you, do you think to yourself, gee, I, I got 12 more years out here, that changes the pressure I put on myself or my pacing or how many events I'm going to play? I mean, it it seems like that's a pretty dramatic shift from when, you know, 10 years ago you are a junior thinking about being a pro player to being 24 and saying, shoot, I could, I could be doing this into my mid-30s. Yeah, obviously, yeah, the um... – you know, the age of, you know, successful players has definitely gone up, you know, since I've been on tour and even before, um, you know, the trend has been, you know, to the, to the, to the later twenties and, and early thirties. And, um, yeah, it's definitely the age of, of most guys winning, winning the big events these days. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, but, but, but does that change how you perceive things? I mean, does that, does that change uh, how you kind of lay your career out? I mean, maybe a little. I mean, it's tough because obviously you want. I mean, you want to. You want to have results. Obviously, everyone wants to do well. You know, at that time, and um, you know, if I think, I think if I play well and I can play, you know, my, you know, play great tennis on my end, you know, throughout an event, I think I could, you know, be competing to win to win those tournaments as well. Um, but you know, also, you know, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's tough to beat experience. And when a guy's been out there for you know ten, twelve years already, and, and knows knows how to be in those moments and those pressure those pressure, pressure situations, um, you know, the edge might be in their favor a little bit, but, um, but, you know, like I said, on the flip side of that, you know, if I'm, if I'm playing well and, 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 uh, you know, uh, I'm playing my best tennis that week, I also think, you know, I could be, you know, in that position to, to, to hopefully, you know, hold the trophy myself, um, any given week. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I, you know, I love tennis and I love playing. So I, you know, I hope I have a, a long career like that, but, um, you know, on, on the other side, I, you know, I hope I can have those results, you know, sooner than later. All right. Last question. You, you and I talk a year from now, it's, it's Thanksgiving week, 2017. Where, where do you want to be? I mean, it'll, it'll be a good year if you've done X, Y, Z. How do you, how do you answer that? Um, it'd be a good year if I, you know, if I'm putting myself in position to, to win more events, you know, big goal for me last, last year was to win my first title. I was able to do that in Houston, put myself in position this year, you know, multiple times I was in a few finals and, and semis and, and, uh, but yeah, I definitely want to, want to have some more singles trophies. I should say that I want to have some more, uh, you know, singles trophies or, or at least be putting myself in position to, to win, you know, singles events. And, um, yeah, I don't. I mean, ranking wise, ranking numbers is, is always tough. I don't necessarily like to put, you know, exact ranking number I want to reach, but, um, you know, I see myself as, 
is definitely a top 15 and, and, and closer to a top 10 player, you know, if I'm, if I'm doing all the right things. And um, so I definitely, definitely want to make that push, you know, to, to get towards that top 10. Your season starts in, uh, in five weeks, but uh, in, enjoy the downtime. We'll see how the Chiefs do. Have fun on vacation, yeah. and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see you in Australia. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Jack. All right, thanks to our guest, Jack Sock. Nice conversation with him. He's got some downtime, and then we'll see if he can build on his ranking of number 23. Seems like he'll have a lot of opportunities next year, and if you look at his results, not a ton to defend. So uh, look for Jack Sock to make an entry into the top 20. Nice of him to spend some time with us. I'm John Wertheim. As always, our producer is Jamie Lasanti. We'll have another guest next week. Keep the suggestions coming. As always, you can follow us on Twitter or Facebook, and we will do it again in seven days. All right. Have a good week, everyone.